Hey, welcome to Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We are so glad you tuned into this broadcast today. You are going to hear from God today. I want you just to say it out loud if you would. I'm going to hear from God today. That's right. You can hear the voice of your heavenly father. This is one of those things that people, when you start talking about hearing from God, man, they look at you funny. They think you're crazy. But this is one of the fundamental foundational things to our walk of faith in our lives as Christians. We can hear the voice of our good shepherd Jesus. And we know that as his sheep, he calls us by name and he leads us out. In a stranger's voice, we will not follow. And people look at you and go, man, are you hearing voices? And you can say, no, I'm not hearing voices. Just one voice, the voice of my good shepherd. Now, we're going to get into the word of God together today. We began a message on last week's broadcast that came from right here at Legacy Church, Green Mountain Falls, Colorado, talking about living in spirit and in truth. And all of this comes from a series that we've been in here at the church called Life More Abundantly. And if Jesus was right about the kind of life he came to give you and that he came that you'd have life and have it more abundantly, you and I ought to grab a hold of that, but then say, okay, Jesus, where do we go to get it? And we know from what he said in the book of John chapter six and other places that, that it's the spirit that quickens. It's the spirit that gives life and the flesh profits nothing. So we're going to get right back into that today. Find out more about it, how to live out of that spirit, because again, that's where life, real life, really is. And uh, Sarah's got some great testimonies. We call them glory stories. What's a glory story? It's just something that God does in the life of somebody that gives him all the glory. And as Sarah has said before, your faith in God will give you a story that gives him glory. And that's what you want, right? You want his goodness so showing up in your life that it draws people, not to you, to him. God's been so good to you and people see it, they recognize it and they're drawn to him because of it. And that's why we share these stories with you. We give these reports of the good things our good God is doing in people's lives to stir up your faith because the same good God will do the same good thing in your life. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter four. We may have this on the screen for you, but listen to this. Paul writing to this church said, therefore we do not lose heart even though our outward man, somebody say outward man, what's he doing? He's perishing. Paul says we don't lose heart even though, <laughs> even though the outward man is perishing. Man, that alone right there is enough to totally depress a lot of people <laughs> because they look in the mirror and all you can see is the outward man in the mirror. And outward man doesn't look like outward man used to look like. And you remember what outward man looked like in his 20s, in her 30s. And you're looking at it now going, where did that guy go? And that's enough to totally depress people. That's enough to just make people so upset. And that's why it is a multi, multi, bu-bu-bu-billion dollar industry just working on outward man. Outward man. Sounds like a superhero, doesn't it? Outward man. <laughs> People are working on outward man all the time. They're working outward man out. They're running outward man to the bone. They're starving outward man because outward man got a little bigger than outward man used to be. 
And so they're working on outward man and everything's about this guy they can see. And they nip in this and tuck in that. And oh my goodness, this, this industry of fixing the outward man. I'm not saying there's something necessarily wrong with it. Work out if you want to, right? I mean, feed yourself good or whatever. Do it, don't, I don't care. But know this, know this, it's perishing. Like, as we speak, right now, it's on its way out. See, I'm saying this and you're starting to go, okay, please stop. This is, this is depressing. It shouldn't be. It's not supposed to be. But it will be if you live totally and completely only aware of outward man. But Paul said, we don't lose heart. I ain't depressed over this. I know. I know there's more wrinkles than there used to be. There's some gray. I know I get it, but it's not enough to depress me. Well, what's the secret there? Because I am living aware of not just outward man, but who else is there, huh? Inward man. It's not just outward man, it's inward man. And notice what's going on with inward man. He's being renewed day by day. Folks, this is what people have been searching for, for centuries. Looking for that fountain of youth. Huh? I mean, searching the world over in the belief that there's got to be something that can stop outward man from perishing. And it's out there, but it doesn't do what you want it to do, what you think it's going to do. There is a renewing, there is a re-energizing, but it doesn't happen to this outward man. It's from the inward man. This man, the spirit of man and the spirit in man is renewed day by day by day. You know what that is? That's life and then more life and then more life. And you're not running out of life. Everybody else out there, they're running out of life. They're spending a little bit every day, every day, every day. And every day they spend some, they don't get that back. But if you will live, not just aware of outward man, but if you will live out of the consciousness and the reality of who I really am, who I am is not this temple. It's not this tent. It's not this body of flesh. Who I am is the spirit that's alive on the inside of me. That's who I am. And when you live with that awareness, let this thing do what it's going to do. I got something going on in me that's got more life flowing to it every single day. And it may be growing, but it ain't getting older. It's being renewed and re-energized and re-strengthened. But there are so many people, sad to say, the majority of this world lives completely ignorant and totally unaware that there's even a, a realm of the spirit, that the spirit's a real thing or that they even are a spirit. They think all they are is this body. And that is depressing. That is enough to lose heart over. But joy comes when you realize this body's not who I am. Who I am is the spirit that's in me. And what that spirit in me is doing is feeding life. There's more and more and more and more life available to me. Life more abundantly. Where do I go to get it, Jesus? The spirit. The spirit has it. He said the inward man 
is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Man, we're going to come back to this someday. There's so much in this right here. We do not look, he said, at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. He's calling us over here into this realm of the spirit because that's where our life is. But as long as you are confined to seeing only through the eyes of the flesh, it'll be nothing but just what Jesus experienced, total miscommunication between you and him. The things of God will make no sense to you. The word of God will make no sense to you. But if you learn that you are a spirit and you've got the spirit, the spirit of God himself alive and well in you, then this word can come alive to you. Why? Because you've got the author of it living in you. And if there's something you don't understand, you can go to the spirit and say, what do you mean by that? What were you saying when you said this? Help me see that. Help me understand it. But if you're just looking through the flesh, how much profit is it going to be to you? None. None. John chapter four. Let's just take a couple of minutes and look at this. This is the account that we've come to know and call the, the woman at the well. And you're probably familiar with some of this. But Jesus was on a journey. Uh, he was going to Galilee. He needed to go through Samaria. It says in verse 5, he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that J Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Verse 6, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then verse nine, the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And this is a good question. There was a lot of bad blood between these two groups. There were some very strong racial divides between them. And they didn't fellowship with each other, much less drink out of the same cup. And there was a real devaluing of women in this time. Women, listen to me. You ought to be so grateful for Jesus. You want to know what he did? He put a worth on you that was not there before him. And he put a value on your life and he esteemed you. He's the one that brought you up. So all these movements that, that fight for equality and fight for justice, it, you look at it and go, hey guys, Jesus did that like a long time ago. But if you don't acknowledge that, it will be a fight. It will be a fight. But Jesus put value on every man every woman, every human, when he paid that high price, that price put a value on you. Amen? Ladies, amen? amen. 
valuable in the sight of God. Valuable in the sight and valuable in the sight of your brothers. Valuable. Thank you, Lord. She said, why are you talking to me? She said, you talking to me? And Jesus answered her. Listen to these words. He said to her, if you knew. Somebody say those words with me. If you knew. What's he saying? You don't know. You don't know. You don't know what? You don't know. If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He said, if you knew, when you look up the word knew, it means basically to see. He said, if you could see, and and we would agree with that, right? If you know something, you see it. You, 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 yeah, I see how that works or I understand. I can see that. And that's what he was saying to her. If you could actually see. Now she could see him, right? But she couldn't see him. Big difference. He said, if you knew, if you could see the gift of God and who it was who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. He would have given you living water. We're talking about life more abundantly. He would have given you living water. Now, John chapter seven, don't turn there, but it says this in verse 37. Jesus said it on the, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But listen, he spoke concerning the spirit. He's talking about the spirit. He spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So when he's talking to this woman about giving her something to drink, if you knew, if you could see who it was who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. What's the living water he's talking about? Spirit. My words are spirit. And you can see that she doesn't get it. Why? She's looking through the flesh. The woman said to him, sir, you've got nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Is he talking, let me ask you, is he talking about water that comes out of this well? No, No. but that's all she can see. Why? Looking through the flesh. That's all that makes sense to her. You got nothing to draw with. Where are you going to get this water? And then she adds to it. It says in verse 12, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? What's the answer to that? Yeah, as a matter of fact. (laughs) Thanks for asking. Yes, actually he is. And Jesus in verse 13 said to her, whoever drinks of this water, this water, this flesh stuff, this natural stuff is gonna thirst again. Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him. What is that water? The spirit. The spirit out of your belly is going to flow this water. The spirit. Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. That abundant life. Where do you go to get it? People search the whole world. Ponce de Leon, right? Where did he come from? Spain. Showed up in Florida. What's he looking for? The fountain of youth. I think there's a lot of people in Florida still looking for the fountain of youth. (laughs) Searching for it. It's got to be here somewhere. It's got to be here somewhere. 
And listen, you can search the world over, but if you fail to look inside, you'll never find it. Never find it. He said, it'll become in you a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Verse 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. What's going on here? Where is the breakdown in the communication? He's talking spirit. She's hearing flesh, right? I wonder if this is still going on. I wonder if God's still talking to people and they don't hear it or they don't understand it or it makes no sense to them and they don't put any value on it. And I wonder if it's the same problem. It is. He's talking spirit. We're here in flesh. It won't work. (laughs) Jesus finally, after taking several approaches with her to try to draw her by faith into what he's talking about, he says, let's take a different approach of this. Go call your husband and come here. And she said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, yeah, you're right. You've well said I have no husband. You've had five. And the one whom you have now is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. I like her response. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. (laughs) Do you? You picked up on that. But notice what happens. I perceive you're a prophet. And instead of saying anything about what Jesus just acknowledged, which was a gift of the Holy Spirit, this is a word of knowledge working in him. Same gift that's available to us, working in him. But instead of acknowledging or responding to that, I perceive, notice how religious this sounds, I perceive you're a prophet. And she says, our fathers worshiped on this mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Notice what happened. By the spirit, light comes on and all of a sudden some things that she thought were in secret came out in the open. And what's the, that initial, that, that first response? Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about worship. Let's not talk about my scandalous, adulterous past. Let's talk about worship. But isn't that what happens? When a little light comes on and things get seen and people have this this thing in them that wants to just go religious on you. And this woman starts talking about worship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five husbands. We'll talk about that later. Let's talk about worship. And she wants to start this theological debate with this man she perceives as a prophet. And she wants to argue with him. You Jews. That sounds nice, doesn't it? You Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. We say it's on this mountain. What do you say? And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain, neither uh, on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you don't know. We know what we worship, salvations of the Jews, but listen to this, verse 23, the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father. How? How do we worship the Father? In spirit. Well, if you can worship in spirit, what else can you do? You can worship in 
flesh. Flesh. And that's what this woman's trying to argue with him about. Where? Location. Location, location, location. Where do we worship? You say it's there. We say it's here. And Jesus says, the hour's coming. You know what? As a matter of fact, it's right here. When the true worshipers will worship the Father, not based on a location, not based on anything in the flesh, in the spirit, in the spirit and in truth. For, he said, the Father is looking for it. The Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him, how? In spirit. In spirit. You know, your worship is supposed to do something. It's supposed to produce something. Worship has the ability, man, to to just break you through, to tear down walls. Worship, true worship and true praise has the ability to stop and still your enemy. But Jesus told a group of people, you worship in vain. What's vain mean? Maybe you could say it like this. It profits nothing. It's not producing anything. Vain means no power in it. You worship me, but you worship in vain, he said. He said, because your heart is far from me. Oh, yeah, you draw near with your lips, but your heart's somewhere else. That's flesh. That's a big indicator of the flesh. You're going through all the right motions out here, saying all the right things out here. I perceive you're a prophet. Where are we supposed to worship? I know you're a good man. I just think God wants this and God wants that. It sounds like good stuff, but you know from what Jesus revealed, you know from what this guy told me of his story, there's a lot of flesh at work in these lives. And he said, no, it's not about location, not about any outward thing. It's about the Spirit. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.